0: Hey, what's up, everybody? We're so glad that you're joining us today. And man, I've been waiting to say this because it hasn't been after Thanksgiving. I'm a post-Thanksgiving Christmas celebrator, okay? And uh, all you people that start celebrating after the 4th of July, we rebuke you in Jesus' name, all right? Thanksgiving deserves a chance, and uh, our Thanksgiving was great. But I've been wanting to say this, Merry Christmas, everybody. Come on. We've already watched several Christmas movies at our house. Uh, We've already done some fun Christmas traditions, uh, and uh, I'll get into more of that in a little bit because we've had a crazy couple of weeks at our house. But, Merry Christmas. I hope that this season for you changes 2020 around. And you know what? You have more power over that than you realize. So choose that this Christmas season, no matter what happens in this world over the next few weeks, that you're going to enjoy Christmas, all right? Because Christmas is a time where we can celebrate Jesus coming to save us. I mean, that's something to celebrate no matter what you're going through. And uh, and one of the names that the Bible talks that they were going to give Jesus when he was born is the Prince of Peace. This is going to be a great time, all right? So choose right now. You're going to have a great Christmas. It's going to be awesome. And maybe all this stuff will slow you down enough to actually enjoy it that we typically don't have a chance to do because we're all going crazy at Christmas time. So Merry Christmas. I'm glad you're here today. Today we're starting a new series called God With Us. And you see, uh, we, we think about this word, these words, God With Us. It comes from the name that's mentioned in the Bible several times called Emmanuel. And that name means God with us, and, and you know what? It's not fair to Emmanuel to God with us. Those words to only uh, pay attention to them at Christmas, because the fact is, is that's something God has been with His people all throughout history. He's always with His people, and um, and so at Christmas time we get reminded of that because one of the names that the angels said that they would call their son is it actually says this. It says this in Mark chapter one. It says, "Look, the virgin will conceive a child." She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so we sit here and we, we attribute this idea of God being with us to Christmas time, but in reality, God is always with you, God will always be with with you, And that's just who he is. He's always been with his people. And so today, or today we're going to start a series called God With Us, where we're going to talk about some metaphors in the Bible that the Bible uses all the time that you've heard before. And maybe you've experienced these moments in your life. And, and uh, today we're going to start talking about how God is with you in your wilderness. And so God is with you in... Wilderness, wilderness. You see, the Bible uses the term wilderness as a metaphor to describe how life can be sometimes. And here's what I know: is that most people, most people that I know at least in 2020 are walking through a wilderness. You see, when the Bible talks about wilderness, it's talking about trials you might go through. It's talking about hardships that you go through. It's it conveys the idea of wandering around. You see, uh, how many of you have felt like you're 2020? You've been Wandering around aimlessly, you don't know when this thing's going to end. You don't even remember when it started. It feels like every day it is so. It it, it kind of conveys this idea of things being monotonous. You feel stuck. You're not sure what you should do. And 2020 has left I think all of us feeling like we've been in a wilderness. Man, can you? Like, maybe you can you can relate to something like this. Like I'm really unhappy with my job right? I go into work. I'm not passionate about it. Uh, I, I collect a paycheck that's honestly not enough for the amount of hours I put in. My boss doesn't really even notice me. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm working from home now with all my kids at home. I mean, come, this is the worst, you know, like you, you're in a wilderness, you're at work. Maybe you've been working hard to get out of debt, and you're like, man, I am going to get after it. I'm going to get another job. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to start driving Uber or Lyft. I'm going to make some money. And, uh, and all of a sudden, you get in this journey. You started off strong. And then before you know it, you're not making ground as quick as you thought you would. Those jobs haven't really worked out because of the pandemic. Right? Uh, You start getting tired. You're like, what am I even doing this for? Like, I'm never going to get out of debt. I owe so much on my student loans. And you feel like you're just aimlessly wandering through this financial journey. And you feel like there's never going to be an end in sight. Maybe you're in a relationship. And this dude you're dating is working part-time only. He's graduated from college. All he does is play video games and work like 12 hours a week. And you're like, when is this dude going to do something about it? Like, when is this guy going to put a ring on my finger? And let me just say, if that's you, this isn't the one. All right, I'm just going to let you know this isn't the one you need to be worried about. All right, so you can get out of your wilderness today if that's you. But maybe one of those examples has struck a chord with you. For us and my family, the last couple weeks, I can't... Uh, help but describe what we've been going through. I can only use the word wilderness to describe what we've been going through. A couple weeks ago, when we made our big announcement about having a place to meet, starting January 17th, come on, y'all got to be there with us. It's going to be awesome. God has done some miraculous things. And all of a sudden, we're making, I'm hitting play at my house on that service. My landlord calls, and we go into the bathroom, and uh, we have discovered that literally crap and sludge, toilet paper, other brown stuff that I don't really know what it is, is coming through every drain in our house. Our tubs, the toilets won't flush, and uh, the toilets are like, you know the feeling when the water gets like this far from the top of the, it was like that on all of our toilets. And uh, our landlord comes over while service is streaming on Sunday, or a couple Sundays ago, and he's like, hey, we're going to put y'all up in a condo. It should only take a few days, and we're going to get this fixed, and uh, y'all, y'all be able to come back. So we're like, oh, awesome. Our landlords are great. They put us up in a condo. We get there. It's Thanksgiving week. All right, we spend Thanksgiving in this condo. We're, we're near Opryland Hotel, which is that was kind of fun. But um, all of a sudden, Thanksgiving hits. The people aren't you know, able to come out because it's a holiday. And then we wait. The whole, We were there for two weeks in a condo, not at our house. I'm telling you right now, nothing will test a preacher more than being in a condo with their family for two weeks, all right? We have three kids. They were sleeping in one bed at this place. Every bedtime, I, I'm like, I'm going to lose it. I, I'm going to lose it. And I did lose it a couple times on my kids. And uh, that made us feel like we were in a wilderness. And then all of a sudden yesterday, we come home. It's been two weeks. I'm so ready to sleep in my bed. I'm so ready to shower. I'm so ready to like, get back to our kids. I'm so ready for our kids to go in the backyard and us like lock the door and just let them be out there and play, Right. And we get home, and uh, they were also fixing another issue in one of our bathrooms, and the water was turned off. We couldn't even, we couldn't, still couldn't use the bathroom at our house, still couldn't do this. And I audibly heard, I was outside unpacking the car, and I heard my wife inside. I heard her audibly just go, Gah! She had enough of it. And it was, that was kind of funny, but um, it was. I felt like we'd been in a wilderness for two weeks, and finally, I got to sleep in my bed last night. I did leave my pillow at the hotel. That is the worst. But I'm going to go back and get that in the next couple days. Anyway, uh, many of you felt like this, right? And I know that seems like such a small thing. There's so many more things I could complain about. But that's what it's like to be in a wilderness. You don't know what's around the corner. You don't know when this is going to end. But what's interesting about wilderness experiences is that oftentimes a wilderness experience is immediately followed after a mountaintop experience. And if you look in the Bible, Jesus even experienced this. He had just been baptized. I mean, and this all literally happened. The heavens, the sky opened up. All of a sudden, a beam of light like shines onto Jesus. He comes out of the water. A dove descends and lands on his shoulder. And all of a sudden, God himself audibly speaks Like, son, I'm so proud of you. And he's got the, I mean, that did not happen when I got baptized. I can only imagine how awesome that was for Jesus. He had just had this amazing experience in his life. And then the Bible says that immediately after that, he was led into the wilderness for 40 days and was tempted by the devil himself. Maybe you've had that experience right? Like, man, you had just got this promotion, things are going awesome, all of a sudden pandemic starts. Or maybe you just moved to back to your hometown to start a church, a tornado rips through the city, and all of a sudden the pandemic starts. That's our story. Uh, maybe, uh, something, maybe you've made some leeway, right, in, your, in paying off your debt, and all of a sudden your car breaks down, the toilet's overflowing, And you had this amazing mountaintop experience and now you're in a wilderness. You have no idea how you got there. And so maybe uh, for you, something serious has happened in your life. Maybe, man, your marriage was on a trajectory to do some amazing things and to have an awesome marriage and you find out maybe your, your spouse has been lying to you. Maybe you found out, you went to the doctor and you got a bad diagnosis. Maybe you had a terrible experience with coronavirus. And what you thought this year would be, it was nothing like it was supposed to be. And you find yourself in the wilderness. But the thing is, is that a lot of times in, in when we're in a wilderness, God can reveal our deepest need inside of us. He can reveal those needs that are, that are hard to put our finger on, that we know that something just isn't right in our heart. There's a void there. And a lot of times the wilderness has this ability to bring up your deepest need in your life. And what I know is that when you're in the wilderness, your deepest need is a gift when it causes you to depend on God. Your deepest need is a gift when it causes you to depend on God. And I want to encourage you today as we look at this story Allow this time in the wilderness to reveal your deepest need and take it straight to God because that's when it turns into a gift. And so today we're talking about a God named Elijah. Elijah, God used Elijah in a massive, massive way. Uh, Elijah had brought a boy back from the dead, or God used Elijah to bring a boy back from the dead. Uh, God used Elijah to Defeat 850 false prophets. He literally called fire down from heaven. It consumed, In the middle of a drought, by the way, he called fire down from heaven. And all of a sudden, Elijah, he ends up killing all 850 of these prophets. And then the, Israel had been in a drought for many, many years. And then all of a sudden that same day Elijah prays for rain. They have not seen a drop of water. The Bible says all of the bodies of water were dried up, no creeks, no nothing. Like it was literally the Mediterranean Sea and that was it. There was no other water. And that day Elijah prayed and it rained. Cats and dogs. And so Elijah has had this amazing mountaintop experience. He's called fire down from heaven. He has raised a boy back from the dead. He has called a fire down, but also it started raining after that. He had this incredible, incredible experience until all of a sudden the queen gets word of all this and freaks him out. The queen is like, you know what, Elijah, I've had enough of your stuff. I'm going to kill you by this time tomorrow. And here's what Elijah's response was. It says this, Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. Let me tell you, when this dude fled and he ran, he ran over a hundred miles on foot that day. And then when he gets there, the Bible says he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. And he says this, I've had enough, Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. He said a statement that I think many of us have said this year. Lord, I've had enough. I can't take any more of this. I've been wandering around all year in this. I can't seem to get any traction. Lord, I've had enough. Uh, You have been raising teenagers. And they are—they don't care about anything, right? They're trying to go to school. They don't really care about that because some of them are at virtual school, and things are going crazy. They're driving you crazy, Lord. I've had enough. I'm going to kill these kids. You know, I've, I've been there this year. I promise you. Uh, or maybe you're a mom, and you have worked. Your kids are at home more than they normally are, and that's already got you on edge a little bit. And you work hard at trying to keep the house clean. You work hard at at trying to make meals that your family is actually going to eat. And all of a sudden, they eat these meals, and they leave. All their dishes everywhere, they don't, or they don't eat. Like, that's how my kids are. My, my kids are always on a hunger strike, I think. And, uh, and they don't eat, and all of a sudden, you get fed up. You're like, I've had enough. I'm going to kill somebody, right? Like, I've had enough. Lord, I've had enough. Maybe you're at your job, and you're like, man, my boss is the worst. Like I've been doing this, he doesn't see what I'm doing. It's annoying. I'm feel like I'm spinning my wheels. Like, God, I've had enough. I mean, I've been trying to get out of debt, and I'm sitting here and I can't get any traction. I've lost my job. I don't even know what to do. Lord, I've had enough. Whatever it is, if you're saying those words like God, I've had enough of this. You are in the wilderness right now. You're wandering around. Things are, have gotten to a boiling point. There, there has been a straw that broke the camel's back. And Elijah, he has done all these amazing things, right? He called fire down from heaven. He raised a boy from the dead. He, 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 he made it rain in Israel after they'd been in a drought. And he gets word of one person trying to kill him. And by the way, the king had been trying to kill him for years, and it was just when the queen got mad that he like kind of snapped. And it was when one person gets mad at him, He loses it. He's like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I feel like I'm all alone. And he runs 100 miles. He sits under this tree. He's like, God, take my life. I can't take it anymore. And you know, he was physically tired. I'm sure I've never ran 100 miles before, but I can imagine you'd be pretty exhausted. I'm sure he was physically tired. But that wasn't his only problem. And I think so many of you watching you're in the wilderness right now, and you feel like you're only physically tired. You know, you, you, you are sleepy all the time. All you want to do is take a nap maybe sometimes, and you feel like you're only physically tired. But I know that's not what the problem is. And I know that because you've taken a nap before. You've gotten a good night's sleep, and that's not fixing your problem. You're not spirits. I'm sorry, you're not physically tired. You're spiritually depleted. You see, Elijah wasn't only physically tired, he was spiritually depleted. When we can allow something to get to us in the wilderness like this, and we can get to the point where we're saying, Lord, I've had enough. You're not only physically tired, you're spiritually depleted. Here's what Psalm 23 says. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And he renews my strength, or he restores my soul. You see, even in the wilderness, God is with you. He can be guiding you, he can be restoring your soul after a season for all of us that has been so long and it's felt like a, a drought. We feel like we've been in the wilderness. God can restore us even in this season. And when Elijah, he stops in the wilderness, God doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't yell at him. He doesn't do anything crazy. Uh, It says this in the Bible. He says, then Elijah laid down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. And he looked around and there beside his head was some bread baked on some hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he laid down again. You see, God doesn't rebuke. God's not even rebuking you right now. You're in the wilderness. I think God knows how tough this has been. And sometimes the most spiritual thing that you can do is to just stop and rest, turn your phone off. Delete the social media apps off your phone. For I'm talking to myself. I'm terrible at this. It's hard for me to turn off everything and just rest. But God, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do, even in the wilderness, is to just rest. You see, God gave Elijah the opportunity to rest. He told him to get something to eat, man. And some of y'all are going to receive that word. You know, like you need to eat something good. You need to rest, restore your soul a little bit. And God does that a lot of times through some very practical ways. He wants you to sleep and he wants you to eat right. And he, he's wanting to tell you that right now. I'm, I want to give you permission right now to stop and rest in this season. Rest in this season. And so here's what the Bible says. I'm going to wrap up this story. Uh, it says this. Then the angel of the Lord came again, and he touched him and said, Get up and eat some more. The journey that you're about to go on, it's too much for you. You can't do it in your own strength. You need to continue to nourish, and, and you need to continue to rest because what we have ahead of you is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank, and the food uh, uh, and the food gave him enough strength to travel forty days and forty nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, "Like, what are you doing here, Elijah?" Elijah replied, "I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty." But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They've torn down your altars, and they killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. When you're in the wilderness, when you've been going like this forever and ever and ever, it's so isolating. You feel like you're the only one left. You're the only one that cares. You're the only one that that wants to do you know, it. Like you, you feel like you're all alone. Elijah felt the same exact way. And he said, God, I've been doing all this stuff for you. And now they're trying to kill me. And God said, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by in a mighty windstorm and it hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. I mean, it was like a tornado over there. But the Lord, he wasn't in the wind. After the wind, There was an earthquake, but the Lord, he wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord, he wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. You see, God could have shouted at Elijah in the wilderness, he could have shouted. At Elijah through these massive acts of God with an earthquake, with a tornado essentially, with a raging fire. He could have shouted, but God doesn't shout, God whispers. You see, the enemy, he shouts. He shouts lies, he shouts uh, things about you that are not true, he shouts deceptive things, he shouts things that are any, if the devil's shouting, he's lying. He's the one that shouts, but God, he whispers, and he whispers because he's close. You see, if I were to start whispering to you right now, and I was standing you know, uh, on, on the end zone of a football field, and you are on the other end zone. If I was whispering, there'd be no way you could hear what I was saying because you're not close, but God whispers because he's close. And maybe in this season, when you're in the wilderness and you feel like you're alone, you feel like God may have forgotten about you and you don't know what's around the corner, you need to stop and rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is rest. And in that moment, Listen for a whisper, because God whispers because he's close. The Bible says this in Psalm 34, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. If you're brokenhearted today, God is with you. It also says this, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. He is with you in the wilderness, He's never left. He's there, and I know it doesn't feel like he's speaking to you right now, and it might be because your life is too noisy, and you need to just calm down so you can hear the whisper because he's whispering to you because he's so close. He whispers because he's close. And what I've learned about being in the wilderness in my life is that, man, it causes me to slow down and depend on him. And when you know that God is with you right now in your wilderness, wherever you are, it makes it so much easier to trust and to walk through this valley, through this wilderness, knowing that there's an end. And here's what I know. I'd rather be in the wilderness with God than on a mountaintop without him. And I know he's here. I know he's with you. I know he's with me in my life. Not only just to be transparent with you today. These two weeks haven't only been hard because we've not been in our home. But, man, there's been some spiritual stuff happening in my life. My life, regardless of that, has felt like a wilderness. Felt like I've been spinning my tires a little bit. But I know that God, he's with me. And he's proven that time and time and time again. And I'd rather be with God in the wilderness than without him on a mountaintop. And like I said before, the wilderness, it can can reveal your deepest need. And no matter what need you might be feeling right now, I want you to consider that a gift because it's causing you to depend on God but maybe you're watching this and you're like, Clint, all that sounds great, but there's something else going on. There's something else in my heart that just I've tried thing after thing to try to fix this thing in my heart. I keep struggling with the same things. I don't have any sense of fulfillment in my life. I have no joy. I feel like I don't have a hope. And I would encourage you that maybe your deepest need has not been met yet because your deepest need is to step into a relationship with Jesus. And so if that's you, Maybe you feel that way. Maybe there's never been a time in your life that you have trusted Jesus with all of your life. I want to give you that opportunity right now. If that's you and you say, Clint, I want to, I'm ready. I'm ready to step into a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to just stop what you're doing. All right. Even if you're listening to this on a podcast, if you're trying to cook your kids dinner or lunch right now, I want you to just stop for a second. And I want you to say this prayer. And this prayer is not magical. There's no magical words here. It's all about your heart. But I'm telling you, when you step into a relationship with Jesus, man, he's always with you. His Holy Spirit begins to reside inside of you. And God is literally with you everywhere you go. He Emmanuel's in your heart. And he wants to do that today. So if that's you, I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, dear God, I need you. I've tried to do life on my own, and I can't. God, I know I'm not perfect. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. And God, I invite you into my life. And in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, if that was you, we are so proud of you. That is the most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. So, how good does it feel to know that the most important decision you're ever going to make is already done? Come on, I love that. And, uh, and so, if that was you, we want to partner with you. We want to walk alongside of you and help you with the next part of your journey because God is not through with you. This is just the beginning. And so, if you want to text Oasis TN to 94000, you can fill out a form that says I want to follow Jesus right there and we would love to connect with you, reach out to you, take you out to lunch or do a virtual lunch, whatever you want to do, and uh, really uh, help you along your journey. But hey, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so honored that you'd come and that you'd hang out with us. I want to put a couple of dates, really just one date on your calendar, January 17th. We are launching in-person. We only have a few more services that are going to happen in this space. And uh, so January 17th, we are launching in-person, and we need you there. We're taking all the precautions we can to be safe, and that's certainly a top priority for us, but we need you. And if you want to join our team, you've been watching every week, you're tuning in, and man, you you want to be a part of this team, reach out to us, all right? Send us a direct message. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to have you on that team, but we can't wait for January. January 17th. It's going to be amazing. Hey, we love you. We will see you next week for week two of God With Us.